Hello, I am Erica Ashley. Welcome to Irrepressible. Today on the show, I have a really awesome guest. Her name is Erica Taylor. She's going to talk all things fitness, wellness, mindset, exercising your mind. Um, But before I get to her, I wanted to talk about kind of where my brain has been at this week. I've really been on a keep promises to yourself kick this week and what it really means to prioritize yourself and why that's so important and why do we get in this trap of prioritizing everyone else around us instead. I've been reading this book called Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. It's great. I highly recommend it if you haven't heard of it. Um, And in one of the interviews that he was talking to in the book, they had said there was this reporter, this writer, who had gone over to Kanye West's home for an interview for a feature for something. And when they walked into his house in the living room, there was a huge portrait of himself. And they asked Kanye, why do you have this giant photo of yourself in your living room? And his response was, I got to cheer for me before anyone else can cheer for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so true. If you're not your biggest supporter, who else is going to be your biggest supporter? Um, And so that's really just stuck with me this week. And I've been thinking about what it means to cheer for yourself and be proud of yourself for your accomplishments, big and small. Because I think it's also really easy for us to get in this habit of not rewarding ourselves for the things that we're doing day in and day out. Like if you're working out every day, you should reward yourself. Like that's a commitment you're keeping to yourself. If you're prioritizing, you know, meditation or whatever it is for you, something in work, your family, career, relationships, whatever it is, all those things take work. And if we're not acknowledging the effort and the time that we've been putting into these things, I think it's really easy to just think that you're floating through life. It's so important to recognize like, yeah, that was hard for me. That took a lot of work. And now I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. And wow, if I hadn't taken a second to look at that, I don't think I ever would have recognized that that was something that was difficult for me to accomplish. And then the second part of recognizing your accomplishments and with prioritizing yourself is boundaries and saying no. And why is it so hard to say no sometimes? Like, I think there's a big... I mean, for me, it's been this way. I'm sure other people relate. But I think there's this fear that a lot of us have about if somebody asks you to do something and you want to say no, that you almost have to have an excuse of why it is that you can't help them for whatever reason. But what about the idea of I just don't want to or it just doesn't work with where I'm at mentally right now? Or I have all these other things going on and it just, I don't have the mental capacity for it. I don't have the time for it. 
But it's like we always have to give an excuse of like, oh, I'm not going to be around. I have another meeting. I um, am working late. I have to go visit a friend for a birthday. Whatever it is, why can't we just say, no, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me this week and leave it at that. I think we're so concerned about hurting other people's feelings. But when you prioritize yourself, it's like it gives permission to other people to prioritize you as well because they know that you respect and value your time. And I think it's so easy to want to help your friends when they need help. And I'm not saying don't help people or if you want to help, you should. But if it's if somebody's asking you in a space where you just know that it's not in your highest good to be getting involved with that, it's okay to say no. And it's okay to set those boundaries. And if you're new to setting boundaries, the people around you might be like, what do you mean you have boundaries? You've never had boundaries. And they might take it in a weird way, but it's at the end of the day, it's not personal. It's prioritizing yourself so that you can give your best effort to everyone around you. I really think that if you don't put yourself first and if you don't take care of yourself first, there's no way that you have any sort of physical, energetic, emotional, whatever capacity to help anyone else around you. Personal opinion. Um, But I've just really been thinking about that this week and that you should cheer for yourself because you deserve it. And I don't think we do it enough. So my goal for you, I guess, today is think of just three things that you're proud of yourself for. And don't just list them because I think it's easy to be like, well, I worked out this morning, I went to bed early, and I turned in this report on time for school. Okay, but like really sit and think about like what each of those means. Like, yeah, I worked out this morning, I got up, I put on my workout clothes, I set aside this time that wasn't for anyone else, it was for me. And really just like appreciate it. Don't just list it because the list isn't going to do anything. But really just sit there and like appreciate the things that you do for yourself. Anyways, um, like I said today, I have Erica Taylor on the show. She's awesome. She is also big on prioritizing yourself. You'll hear her talk about that in this episode. She is a trainer and a fitness expert. She's danced for the Miami Heat, Pitbull, the Brooklyn Nets. She was a top three finalist for the 20s, the search for the next Beachbody super trainer. Beachbody brought you like P90X, T25, 21 Day Fix, Brazilian Butt Lift, all those good ones. And so she was a top three finalist for that for Bar. Um, And she's just really grounded down to earth. She is very open about her journey, especially with food and fitness and kind of like her mental well-being. I think a lot of people don't talk enough about this and she's really open and really honest and vulnerable with her path and the ups and downs that she's had. I think she's really inspiring and I think she kind of lays it out in a way that's really relatable and easy to understand understand and to implement her ideas into your own life because I think a lot of us struggle with some of the same things that she talks about. So I think you guys will get a lot of good info out of her episode today. 
let's jump into that interview because I know you're all excited for that. I think you have a really incredible journey that you've been on and I relate a lot to it. And so I know that there's going to be other people who do too. So maybe we start there. Appreciate it. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, my mom put me in dance when I was just three years old. So I grew up dancing. I was always pretty active. Um, as far as food and nutrition, I had no idea. I just, I lived in a house where like, I just didn't understand. Like my mom made mac and cheese every night for dinner. I like lived off of Doritos and like was living my best life. So I thought I remember getting like pizza, school lunches. Like I, I just never thought about it until I remember specifically, it was like seventh, eighth grade. And it was when like Paris Hilton and, um, who's her little son, Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. They were like all over, um, the news. And I remember they were losing a lot of weight. And I remember like cutting out pictures in magazines and pasting it in like a notebook because that was like my goal I wanted to look like that which was obviously not healthy the title of it was like Paris Hilton Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie like anorexic so that's where the unhealthy habits like started and how old were you then like you had to have been young at that point Uh, yeah I mean I was like seventh eighth grade and even like it kind of as far as self-image, that always was kind of there just through dance. I remember like I had a dance teacher. We were at, um, I had a, my mom had like a little party after a dance recital and I was close with my, my dance teacher and people from the studio. And I went to grab a potato chip and my dance teacher said, watch it, you're a dancer. No. And like, something like so, it was just a few words, you know, but that stuck with me for years. And um, so I always like had in my mind that I had to look a certain way for dance and um, for other people, I thought to be like noticed. So yeah, I'd say seventh, eighth grade, it started. And then I started in high school developing like really unhealthy habits. As far as food, I just, I just wouldn't eat. Like that was the only way I knew how to look a certain way. And so I noticed that when I would restrict myself, like I would see results. So Mm. as much as I like didn't like attention in high school, I also wanted it. And so I started, people started noticing Mm -hmm. and then they would say things and I'd get mad, but like secretly, I think I liked it because I was, I was seen. So I kind of fed off of that. Obviously starving yourself is not like maintainable. So I really fluctuated. I'd say from freshman year of high school up until two, three years ago, and I'm now 30. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time. Um, so in between that, yeah, I, I grew up dancing. I went to college for dance. Same thing, like fluctuating um, and just really struggling with like confidence, self-image. Um, I just, I knew I, could, I just couldn't figure it out. And I really didn't have the tools or a place to go to to figure it out. Um, a lot of false advertising. Like once Instagram came out, you know, I'd see girls with six-pack abs. I'd buy their $200 meal program. But it would be a program for 
it wasn't catered specific to my needs. So it was just very like, it didn't do anything for me. So I spent a lot of money on that. And um, yeah, I graduated school and moved on dancing professionally. And same thing. It was just really this immense amount of pressure to be perfect um, all the time. And so that's what I strived for. And even like with my own social media, I just, I would not post a picture unless it was like professionally taken and like overly edited and God forbid people saw me without makeup. Like that would be, you know, that was my worst nightmare. So that, yeah, continued until I moved to LA. Um, I moved to LA from the East coast for dance and I needed a job. So my friend introduced me to um, a studio cardio bar and got me a job and so I did that between like auditions and side gigs and that's when I really started to like find my place because here I was very shy and reserved and I had to lead a whole room of women and like instruct them and um uh, let's just say my first like six months teaching were so terribly awkward because I just like speaking in general was like my worst nightmare, let alone like leading a whole class. Like I taught like dance, you know, when I was younger, but that was like, this was a whole other scale, mm-hmm. uh, other level. So that's how I fell into fitness and it really just changed my life from, from there on. I, um, I just, really enjoyed working out and I really enjoyed teaching and um yeah I kind of stuck with it ever since then and again well after I I moved from LA to Miami because after teaching for so many years then I thought no like I want to go back to dance and so kind of left the fitness industry and fell back into dance in Miami and you know, I was, I was booking like dream jobs and I still felt that like emptiness that I felt when I was teaching. And this time around, I realized that that emptiness feeling that I was feeling, it wasn't anything other than like remembering who I was and, and then finally taking action with that if that makes sense so yeah after quarantine I had all this time to like really sit down with myself and figure out my next move um that's what led me to here and I think it's super interesting that you touch on the idea of that you were booking all these amazing jobs like working with big people names big performances and you're still unhappy because I think it's so easy from the outside to look at your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever, and be like, this girl is thriving. For sure. For sure. I, I always, I was a big dreamer always, but it always stopped. I always thought, okay, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to dance for all these artists and and do music videos and, and movies. And but I never went past that. It always just stopped there. So once I got there, I was like, well, wait a minute. Now what? And I have everything I've ever wanted. And I still don't feel what I thought I was going to, to feel. So we got to dive deeper because, like, obviously, you know, there's an issue here. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So what did that look like for you? Like, where did you start to be like, okay, well, what is going to make me happy? Cause I think that's where a lot of people get lost is they're like, okay, something's wrong, but I don't know what to do about it. Well, as you know, we have a amazing mutual friend, Allie, who I've always been really into psychics and, and all that stuff because it was my version of therapy. Like I liked I don't know. I think I always relied on other people to tell me how I was feeling or what I was thinking. So that extra guidance of where someone saw me was helpful until mm-hmm. I felt that confidence within myself. And totally. so Sally kind of planted the seed. Um, and she said, Oh, what if I told you like, this is what your future looked like. It's not dance. It's teaching thousands and thousands of women. Um, incorporating not just the workouts but the mental work too like what if I told you that that's what your future is and I was like huh and that was that was right in the beginning of quarantine that was March and so she planted some seeds in my head and then I'm like you know what maybe I could see it I couldn't see myself um, stepping outside of my comfort zone and like using my social media to use my voice and not just like a perfect picture. I couldn't, I couldn't, it sounded good to me, but I couldn't really see it, um, at the time. But after like putting in the work and taking action and really figuring some shit out, like I, it started to sound better and better and better to me. So I created a TikTok, um, and grew really fast on there and created this little community and put myself, started really putting myself out there on social media for the first time ever. And slowly but surely, I just started getting a lot of messages and feedback. And that's the moment when I was like, okay, I can like, I think I don't think there's anyone like me in this in this industry and I can I think I can really use that and and help people and that's when I was like okay there's no dance job that's gonna fulfill this feeling like this is what I want more of and and that's that is my plan it's really cool to have watched you do this because I completely saw your transition and I was like what are you doing in your life because you are killing it And, um, and I honestly think that it's like your secret sauce is like your honesty, your vulnerability, your relatability, and like laying it out all out on the table. And I think people really, when they see somebody doing that, they go, oh my God, I'm not the only person who feels like this or like, wait, she's actually like talking about this in front of people. Because for whatever reason, I think so many people are almost ashamed to be like, I feel lost in life or I have all these accomplishments, but they don't make me happy. Like, what do I do about that? And I think so many people are wanting to keep up like their image instead of like living a happy, healthy life. For sure. I completely understand that because yeah, that was me. And like, listen, talking to my screen for the first time was like, I never saw the day coming. So I said that, you know, like I told my following like this is super uncomfortable for me but i'm gonna do it because this is what i want and i want to create relationships with you guys and i i want to have my own community so if this is what it takes i'm gonna suck it up and i'm gonna do it and slowly but surely like more and more people started responding to that and people really appreciate i think that honesty because 
yeah, I don't think you always wonder how like influencers or anyone on, on social in general, like get started. Like, do they just wake up one day and, and start like talking and sharing? Like I've never followed anyone from that, um, from their starting point, really, if that right. makes sense. So like, I don't know any, what's on my mind now is really on my tongue. And I try and share that because, um, I don't know. I think people, a lot of people portray themselves to be perfect and, and people assume like that's normal or something. And it's not, it's totally not. Right. Because social media, and I think especially Instagram has become this place of, let me show you only the good things in my life. And nobody has a completely perfect life. So to try and live up to somebody else's fake expectations, because nobody's actually living like that is just so unrealistic. And so I think it's easy for everybody to get caught up in that. And so when you're being relatable and like, when you do talk to your screen, you're like, this is hard for me. I'm like, I feel you like a million and one percent. I cringe doing it, but I'm, but people respond and they're like, like, thank you for sharing this. Honestly, even when you think people aren't listening, they are like when I sometimes like, I, especially when I first started, I was thinking like, is anyone really even listening to me? Like I I refuse to look at who's looking at my story or like my legs. Mm -hmm. I've really given up and let go of all that because that's not what's important to me anymore. But I'll randomly get someone from like my past or a friend of a friend of a friend or my mom tells me her friend's daughter, sister's cousin, like loves what I'm doing. And I'm like, what? And that's when I'm like, Oh crap. Like just because not everyone and their mother is messaging me that they're, that they're listening. It doesn't mean they're not listening. Like people hear me. And that always makes me feel really good when someone out of nowhere, you know, says something nice. So the idea of silent supporters is there's so many more of them than you realize. Yeah. What made you like, how did you overcome the idea of like checking how many likes you got, checking how many people viewed your story, who viewed it? Because I think a lot of people get caught up in that and they're like, well, I'm trying to share, but only two people liked this. So I'm doing something wrong or they don't like me or. Yeah. I think the problem is people are putting their worth too much into a number. And I just realized that it's really quality, not quantity. You could have 2000 followers and those 2000 followers are like rooting for you and, and love to see what you have to post and what you have to share. So it, a number is just a number. It's, it's the quality in the number. So it really shouldn't matter. And also I just feel like whenever I'm putting so much pressure on the number or the views, like it just ends up energetically blocking me from from reaching the people I needed to reach. And so I just kind of, I know that will come. I trust that will come. I don't need to, to focus on that. That's not my focus. Right. And I think too, that if you're reaching one person, you're still reaching one person. Exactly. I think people just need to let go of that and and the number, because again, it's, it's quality. It doesn't matter if you're if one person is getting something out of what you said, that's awesome. And you should focus on that, not all the people you didn't reach. Just like anything, you want to focus on what you want more of. And so why would you focus on the lack in, in, in numbers? Mm-hmm. I agree completely. 
The other day on your story, you talked about the idea of everybody who's, you know, wants to maybe be a blogger or a fitness instructor or I don't know, a doctor, but then, but like, oh, somebody else is already doing this. So there's no space for me. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? Because you had a really good point. Yes. Well, it's fun. Now I, I really am starting to find like the fun with, within, um, when I share posts, because whenever I need the reminder, that is always when I get the, that's my cue to be like, okay, remind everyone else, because I guarantee if I need the reminder, someone else does too. Absolutely. So I love that that's what kind of feeds my ideas is, is me needing to hear it just as much as anyone else. So I'll start with that. But basically, I really had to overcome this because I, of course, again, through social media, you see so many other people doing what you want to do. And that can really get to you and get in your head and be a major block. But I, if you really just focus on how cool it is to, to know and realize that like there is only one you who who has your background and your life experience and your heartbreaks and all the things, there's only one you. And so doesn't matter what field you're in, you're going to have your own take and your own spin on whatever it is that you're putting out there. So there's, there's plenty of reasons why people would love that because you're offering something that literally no one else does and you have to trust that. I agree. And I think the comparison game that comes in where they're like, well, my feed doesn't look like this blogger or I need to do it more like this. But the whole point is you don't want to be a copycat because there's already that person. Nobody's going to want to look at your stuff if it's exactly Mm -hmm. the same. I think there's a difference between like pulling inspiration and then like straight up copying. Like if you just be yourself, I have found I've been the most successful when I just stay in my lane and stay true to myself and like we've talked about, just the more real you are, I think people really, really respond well to that. I agree. And I think that's also why when you see people who do have such a big following, like so quickly, it's because they were just true to themselves and there's, they weren't copying anybody else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so if somebody is like, I relate to this, I feel like I need to be on this fitness journey. I've tried a billion and one things and nothing's working for me. Where do they start? So I've created my own program and I'm calling it my reset method. And I'm going to have a a website where it'll be a library of fitness content in addition to like journal prompts. And each week, more videos, more journal prompts will be added. and I, I love the name. I came up with the name because I just feel like everyone just needs, every time you click play, like you're resetting your, your mind, your body, your everything. And I think that I like that it's called My Reset Method because I feel like it's dedicated to you and your specific needs. There's going to be meditations and in addition to the workouts and you can combine each video 
and journal prompt to to your needs and it's yours and it's your place and your time to reset and um yeah live a happier healthier life because it's not easy right and i think that's i'm so excited for this because i think so many people get caught up in the I don't know how to make a schedule for this or like this program doesn't work for me, but what do you mean about the mental? Like, how do I train my brain? I think that's the most important thing to me is correlating the physical fitness with the mental because you hear time and time and again, Oh, just love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. But like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Or what does that even look like? I would always hear that or like even you know, talking about gratitude and having a gratitude journal. I'm like, why am I writing five things I'm grateful for when I wake up? Like, what is that doing? And so I really want to explain all that and how it helps and how, you know, just a 20, 30, 40 minute physical workout is not enough. You're not going to maintain physical results if you're not happy. And that's what I've, my biggest takeaway in, in my struggles is that there have been periods of time in my life where I have been working out with a trainer, eating next to nothing and working my ass off to look a certain way. And I was actually holding on to the most amount of body fat that I ever have in my entire life. And so it just proves that like, if you're not, if you can't look in the the mirror today before you start and love and appreciate what you're working with, then it's going to be really hard even after you see results to, to love what you see. And you know, like, have you ever looked at a picture, old picture and you're like, wow, I looked amazing. And I remember in that moment thinking like, I looked like crap. It's like one of those, you know, like you have to be able to today look in the mirror and love it. Otherwise I, you won't, you won't ever really appreciate and and see what you have. Yeah. And I think that's, so hard for so many people. I mean, I struggled with it. Like I played the comparison game for years, you know, and didn't tell anybody about it. And, you know, you just, yeah, it doesn't feel good when you're doing that. And then you're like, but how do I, how, how, like, where do I even start? What does that even look like? What do I feel proud about myself right now when I feel like I'm not accomplishing the things that I want to accomplish? It's just, Agreed. It's really easy to go down that rabbit hole and then it's really easy to feel stuck there and not know how to navigate getting out. So I basically just really want to provide people all of those tools because I think it does all correlate and I don't really feel like people talk about that. Like they either show you the workouts or the people only focus on, you know, mental health and and what that looks like. But I really want to combine the two because I think women especially really struggle with, with that. I think so too. And I, you actually gave me like one of the first exercises I ever did that you were like, do this 125 words, Mm -hmm. attributes of yourself morning and night, look at it. And when you told me, I was like, I don't, what is this going to do? Because I was in that mindset at the time of like, why am I doing Like, what is the point of this? And then I did it for a month and I just like got in the habit of it, but people around me, I didn't tell anybody about it. And then people around me were like, what, what are you doing? What's this? Like what people can feel like this energetic shift inside of you. 
for sure. I had so many people, even before it was like really posting more, sharing more. I had people saying like, you're just like, it's a glow. Like something's going on with you. And like, I just, people, energy, you put out an energy and, and that is real. And people can pick on up, pick up on that no matter where you are. It's, it's, you can't see it, but it's there and people know for sure. It's so easy to spot like fake insincerity. Yes. And that's another, another thing. Like I've had people say like, wow, I actually feel like you're, you know, a lot of people share what you're sharing and it doesn't necessarily come off as, as genuine, but I feel like you are. And I'm like, yes, I am. Like, and I, and you don't, you barely even know me and I don't have to explain that it is that I am coming from a good place or I'm being genuine. Like, I feel like people just know they can read fake no matter what. I agree. You also do a really good job of this, of um, responding to people. I think a lot of people who get a following are like, I'm too good to respond back to my comments or thank my followers or, you know, make sure that they're getting what they need from me because I feel like it's ultimately a relationship that you have with this following and you need to maintain it. And I think you do a good job of making every single person in your following feel seen. Yeah. I think once I realized that, like that I wanted to build a community, I realized it is a relationship and like any good relationship, it's built off of trust and it's built off of communication and if people don't know me and my personality, why would they want to buy anything that I have to, to offer or sell? They don't know what they're, how, and why would they trust me? So I think that's the final straw that really made me say, okay, people need to know who I am and, and my story and what I have to offer to see if it's something that, that resonates. And unless I put myself out there, how will they know? So that's why like, building a community and and relationship is like number one in my book. Yeah. And, um, I think you come from it from such genuine reasons. You're not someone who's like, I want a million followers to have a million followers. You want a million followers or whatever, as many number, the number doesn't matter, but you want the following so you can help people. Not to say I have a million followers. Of course. It's really just about reaching more people. I know how I shifted and how much that changed my life. And it excites me and makes me feel so good knowing that like other people can, can do it too. Anyone, anyone can do it. And I don't feel like everyone knows that and knows and can recognize their own power. And like, I, I don't care how long or you know, how uncomfortable I have to get or what it's going to take. Like, I will make sure it is my sole purpose to make sure I can get as many people to wake up to, to their own powers. And, um, that's really important to me. I love that. What's next for you besides this website? Yeah, I just plan on really throwing myself into the website and creating content that, um, I'm really passionate about and just, continuing to to grow and and build on that and just getting the word out and and helping as many people as as I can. Is dance still where do you feel about dance in life these days? <laughs> um 
As far as dance goes, I think I'm I'm definitely ready to transition out of that world. Um, I think, well, I told you we had a reschedule because of a job and that was like the universe being like, here, let me show you what this looks like. And of course, like, you know, it's like 15 hour days and I was miserable and I wasn't happy. And I was like, okay, thank you. Got it. Note it. Like I'm done. I got it out of my system. I think if a job comes here and there, you know, for sure. And if it aligns with this new Erica, I'll do it. But for the most part, I'm ready to, to transition away from, from that industry. Um, it's just not what makes this Erica the most happy. If that makes sense. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? Okay, so I, I think all my socials are underscore Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, and another underscore. That's TikTok and Instagram. And then make sure to check out myresetmethod.com.